Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up this Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody, and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for But we're bringing it to you anyways I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller And joining me today I have Cindy Hey, hey there And Kevin Hello Today's episode, for those of you following along at home Is episode 58 Which means we're going from 5701 to minute 58. Our minute begins with Tina and Phil having a little chat in the porn mansion's kitchen. They are talking about her um her software that she has made. Um, Phil is talking about getting all this stuff from his buddy. Phil sounds like he's got a like a like just like a, a cue card of buzzwords that he's just reading off of over her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> He has no yeah. idea what he was actually saying. Yeah. And just like, he's just like, oh, oh yeah, 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 the uh, database and I have to calibrate the algorithm. I like how they put in the word math in the beginning. So that already puts, sets you in the mindset of, okay, now we're going to talk about math. And we're going to throw in just a bunch of mathematical buzzwords. I don't claim to know a lot about coding. I learned basic HTML in college, but like, I didn't understand all the stuff about how computers actually work. It just went right over my head. But like, even this sounds like gibberish to me, you know? <laughs> And uh, now, who do you think they had to explain what a thumb drive is to? To Phil or to the audience? Oh, <laughs> this is a thumb drive. When she said that, she, she hands it over to him and she goes, it's a thumb drive. And I'm like, he worked for a technology company. Do you really think he's never seen a thumb drive before? Yeah. Like, I don't. All the grandmothers that are buying this don't know what a, uh, a thumb drive is. So. I mean, I guess for the target audience, which is like little children <laughs> and their elderly grandparents, I guess it makes sense that they would say it for the audience. But like, it doesn't hold very true to its own reality, this movie. Mm -hmm. Well, reality is a strong word. I mean, we've already established through analysis on past episodes that this takes place in a void world with no time or space but but still the movie just doesn't hold true to its own like its own continuity i guess is the word i'm going for it just like doesn't it's almost as though it's a really amateurish production that doesn't make any sense at all that can't be right <laughs> It's just really odd that, and this happens several times, he just seems to have no idea how technology is and, and Tina like doesn't seem to get things that she probably should understand. Well, she hasn't taken that class at business school college yet. Home of the fight and spreadsheets. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the fight and spreadsheets. Oh, is there, um, is there mascot suit? Just like a big square piece of paper? Yeah, with like little Mickey Mouse arms coming out of it. With a grid on it. Graph paper. 
so she she hands over the drive and and says um she's been working on some math with some like variables and algorithms and stuff but she needs help apparently she's a girl she needs help yeah she's a teenage girl they can't be nerds everyone knows girls can't do nerds yeah we can't possibly finish a big project without a man's help and phil as we all know is all man there's a lot of man there and phil goes you're just a teenage girl right there's no way you can have any kind of talent in this area that's amazing (laughs) oh preposterous he puts out a monocle just to drop it (laughs) i I don't know why we've turned phil into a crotchety british man but i'm down for it (laughs) it's more interesting than the phil we got and he goes, not like any teenage girl I ever knew. We can be nerds now, too, she says. Because it's oh so God. stylish to be a nerd. This dialogue, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fully on board for girls can be nerds, too. And let's let's hope, too, that Phil isn't really interacting with teenage girls on a fairly regular basis for the last, you know, 30 years or so. <laughs> like, I assumed he meant when he was a kid, yeah. teenage girls weren't like that. But the wording is weird. The writing of this whole scene is really weird. I have to imagine he hasn't a lot of interaction with teenage girls because, well, one, his son Chris doesn't interact with a lot of girls in a very natural manner. So No, Chris wants nothing to do with girls. Perhaps at Phil's job he just retired from, he's just, like, kept in a little cubicle far away from other humans. <laughs> Not a lot of human interaction. If anybody brings their daughter and he's, he's required by the police to let them know that he's there. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him now. Is that a wig or is his hair dyed? I assumed it was bleached, but... It looks really awkwardly placed. I, either it's a terrible haircut or just or a terrible wig. Yeah, there's a stark difference in color. So to me, it looks kind of like a toupee. Johnny Whitaker's the gift that keeps on giving. So this scene finishes up with her asking him for help and him going, if I can snag some of those cheese puffs before they get out there. Uh, because everyone knows cheese puffs so good. Cheese puffs really are the, uh, the infinity stones of this movie. But, you know, she earlier said that there was only time for one batch so like they're really cutting into susan's uh cheese puffs here if these are supposed to be for the like how many are there possibly left i was about to say like aren't those for her job yeah. <laughs> can you just give them to phil <laughs> i mean we know we know she has no respect for her mother yeah but like yeah i'm gonna take this time that is also giving you a home and food on your table so <laughs> she's got to analyze what his work is worth and then give him that many cheese puffs. Yeah. It's like very important. You got to make sure you're trading properly. That's how capitalism works. <laughs> Come on. So they shake hands. We get the shot of the pool with the kid peeing, the statue with the kid peeing. My favorite. Yep. My favorite set piece in this have movie. Have we seen, if there are more than one of those when we've seen wide shots of the pool? I can't recall if there's more than, or if they're all over the place. I, oh, I think there's only the one, but we've seen it from a couple angles yeah. at this point. Do you think they sell them at the same store that, um, at the same store that you get the, uh, the tree wearing the shoes <laughs> <laughs> the uh bill home decorating store yeah. you have to go to that pool building company that builds the gaudy rich people pools you know you don't just go to the yeah. you know you got the, the companies that make the family style budget pools and then you know for these rich people you, that's where you have to go to get your you know little boy peeing into the pool statue so you got a contract with yeah. that kind of pool company. Big stone walls, high-heeled trees, uh, <laughs> uh, a bed, uh, car car beds, or car chairs, rather. Utensil holders as decorations, yes. as, as was pointed out earlier in Chris's room. He's basically just going to Amazon and clicking random oh. and buying whatever shows up. Yeah! <laughs> just show me, is there a randomized item button on Amazon? 
buy me random items. Just click, 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 click. Uh, and so after that, we get uh, that shot from the be- very beginning of the movie again of Duffy walking over the garden hose thing. Like the, the garden boundary. Squeaky died halfway through production. They had to make do. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is a no. very... rip, Squeaky. This is a minute without a lot of Duffy in it. So Duffy walks by and then we get... Um, Chris in the pool at last. Twiggy little boy. Showing off his uh <laughs> his abs there. And he's really he's he's standing in a way that he's supposed to be cold, but he's really just flexing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say. Showing off all his muscles, really. He just really wants to make sure you can He's been working hard on that, you guys. Yeah. Just just let him have this. Let him have this, okay? And then you suddenly realize why this big nose squeaky voice nerd got cast in this movie. I mean, we all know Franny is the real powerhouse behind the movie, so no, sure. I mean, she's my favorite character, I guess. So it's it's hard for me to speak, speak objectively on the issue because I'm always going to be drawn to the um, secretly manipulative, powerful <laughs> women. So. so Chris is in the pool. He is not digging it at all. He starts yelling about how he's going to die. He's going to drown. He's going to be eaten by sharks. He's clearly making jokes to somebody, but there, there's nobody there. Pool sharks. He doesn't like pool sharks. <laughs> right. Who's he talking to? Pool sharks, pool sharks. <laughs> well, I guess he he could be talking to Duffy. I guess right. He's probably he's already talking to Duffy. Damn it! I made the thing make sense. That's no fun. Uh, do never do not bring your small children over to this house because there's absolutely no pool safety displayed in this pool. You know, I think most places really require a, like a good fence around a pool. You know, little kids or mm-hmm. dumb kids like Chris who can't swim would be coming out and drowning, <laughs> and there's absolutely no protection. You know, they could walk right out that door and, you know, it's very unsafe. <laughs> well, it's not like it's a public pool. I yeah. guess it's fine. But Sadly, I mean. Um, so he laments pool sharks, um, which, I mean, you know, thousands of humans die to pool sharks every year. <laughs> Please consider donating to your local pool shark recovery center. Especially that shark with a magic collar on it that tries to give you life advice. <laughs> Uh, so so he's yelling about pool sharks, and then Trent shows up. It's a meat cute. <laughs> and Trent's like, "Hi, this pool's so cool." As oblivious and chipper as ever, I see Trent. And he it autom- it's oh. just like instantly forgot about the mission. He's supposed to be, you know, everybody. Nobody seems to have any sense of urgency about helping Susan. With they're what going they're to lose to their home. Making the cheese puffs, <laughs> getting all that done to get her. I mean, everybody just basically, once something more interesting comes along, I'm just going to get in this pool. I'm going to forget all about the, I was supposed to be finding Tina. <laughs> oh, well, he doesn't like his sister. Yeah, so I don't blame him. He was very pleased for her to. His sister's kind of a bitch to him. So <laughs> he was... why would he want to find her when he can go swimming with this hot boy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the chemistry just leaps off the screen. <laughs> it is the most chemistry that we get in this movie, so... <laughs> anyway, that's for next minute. This minute ends with uh, Chris saying thank you. And then an extended pause. Extended pause. And then that's the end of our minute. <laughs> and so I, I think he was in one of those uh, pool chairs, so I guess that does mean D- Duffy's right nearby. He's in one of those red striped chairs, so... <laughs> Duffy likes to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Why certainly explains the Eric Roberts oh, voice now. <laughs> I mean, he has been a little perverted this whole movie, so I think I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the end of the minute. Um, <laughs> any any no, closing good. thoughts, you guys? Not too much Duffy in this one, so but uh, the the humans. We really are here until the next minute, but I, I love the pool music. <laughs> yeah. It's just so happy, very jaunty, even. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Chris's big moment, man, and also the only moment with true romance. So. <laughs> oh. 
Anyways, <laughs> uh, I've already dug myself too deep in a hole for closing thoughts because I just made a joke about a cat watching people having sex. So uh, I will end it here. Um, uh, this has been a talking cast, episode 58. I have been Dylan. I'm Cindy. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Talking Cast. If you'd like to stay up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at A Talking Cast, like us on Facebook, or find new episodes of the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Thanks again. See you all next time. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The Talking Cast is about to begin. That was episode 58 of The Talking Cast. The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest hosts Cindy Clawson and Kevin Lynch. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Rest in peace, Abby Randazzo.